0: Good morning. Welcome to Breakfast with Kent for Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. Brought to you by the great people of today's dentistry, Sedation Dentistry. Go to sleep, wake up, all your dental work's done. It's just that easy. Call the best dentist in the world, Dr. Mike O'Neill, make an appointment. 317-849-2933. Hit subscribe, press like, ring the bell, let's go, let's talk about sports. Lots to talk about today. First of all, Julio Jones talked about his future with the Atlanta Falcons yesterday. He said, I'm out of there. He wants out of Atlanta. A lot of Colts fans would love to see Julio Jones in a Colts uniform because the Colts aren't a bit of a dire need for a number one wide receiver if Michael Pittman Jr. is not ready to make that leap. Sadly, Julio Jones does not fit. For the Indianapolis Colts, not from a talent perspective, but from a money perspective. Chris Ballard is very, very cognizant of how much money he has to spend and where it's got to be invested for this team to continue to flourish. The Colts, they, they invest draft picks in guys, right? Those guys come to the Colts, they work hard, they become Colts, they become part of that family, and Chris Ballard. Is dedicated to rewarding those guys. Guys like Quentin Nelson, guys like Darius Leonard, guys like Braden Smith. These guys are going to be paid, and you need money under the cap to be able to pay it because in the NFL you've got a hard cap. In the NBA, not a hard cap. Soft cap. NFL, hard cap. Julio Jones, 15 million this coming year, eleven point seven million in 2022, and then 7.7 million to get out of the deal in his year 34 uh, season, you know what? You can't afford it, and that's the way it is. If you want to keep your current guys, keep that current nucleus, who you're going to have to pay coming up next year, you can't welcome a guy like Julio Jones. Plus, there's going to be a bit of a bidding war for Julio Jones, And it's not going to be necessarily a second-round pick, maybe a second-round pick to take on that contract and get the talents of Julio Jones, but probably somebody is going to be willing to part with a first-round pick. The Colts do not have a first-round pick in 2022. That first-round pick is likely going to the Eagles in compensation for Carson Wentz if he plays 70% of the snaps this year for the Colts. So they don't have the draft equity to be able to get Julio Jones From the Falcons in all likelihood. And they don't have the cash under the cap if they want to keep their young nucleus here in Indianapolis. That's why Julio Jones, not a fit for the Indianapolis Colts. From a talent perspective, Ay, 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 you'd love Julio Jones. A lot of Colts, they spent some time talking to us yesterday. Taekwondo Lewis, I thought, looked good. Sometimes he looks a little bit doughy. Yesterday, talking to the media, I thought he looked kind of cut up in his face. He looked like he was a uh he has spent the offseason really looking after his fitness um and, and I liked what he was saying about his teammates a lot of guys in the NFL spend a lot of time thinking about themselves rather than teammates Taekwon Lewis spent a lot of time talking about Ben Banigou and and what Ben Banigou needs to do in order to be successful I like that kind of circumspect thinking among the Colts it seems to be one of their hallmarks uh Julian Blackman spoke to the media yesterday. Holy Moses. From a physical perspective, you've got to love Julian Blackman as a free free safety. But from a behavioral perspective, this guy is a high-level thinker. I like Julian Blackman a lot. Uh, The Colts, uh, Marvell Tell spoke to the media yesterday. The quarterback who decided to take a gap year last year because of COVID says he has no regrets about it and says it's all family with the Colts, and in players, front office people, coaches, they love having them around, and that there's no hard feelings about taking that gap here. You know what? If if you were a Colt, and you were ponying up, and out there, and doing what you had to do to stay compliant with the NFL's uh, COVID protocols, and you went 11-5, and five, went to the playoffs, and just couldn't get over to hump against the Buffalo Bills. Tell me, you wouldn't be a little bit raw-assed about Marvell Tell and and others, take anybody who did take that kind of gap year. That'd be problematic for me a little bit. I'd see him as sort of somebody who decided to put something else ahead of us. Priorities uh, are, they're meaningful with a football team. And while my, I, I hope nobody's taking it out on Mar, Marvell Tell or thinks ill of him, you know what? For me, if a guy decided to put something else ahead of the team, uh, I would think a little bit differently about him. I was kind of surprised that Marvell Tell said that. Kevin Pritchard spoke to the media yesterday, the president of of basketball for the Indiana Pacers, and he says right now Nate Bjorkran's our coach. I asked How you can uh, kind of foster an environment of hope for fans and and give fans sort of a reason to believe that 2021-2022 is going to be different without making a bunch of excuses. What Kevin Pritchard said was, hey, look, you know what? They're not necessarily excuses. T.J. Warren gone for the year. And T.J. Warren, you don't just miss his points. You miss his long defense out on the wing against threes. Justin Houston is not a guy who's going to be able to defend a lot of those threes in the NBA. Not a great matchup in the way that T.J. Warren can be. You lost Brogdon for a significant portion of the year. You lost Oladipo. You, you couldn't play him the way you wanted. You traded him for Karis LeVert. And Karis LeVert had a cancerous growth removed from his kidney and never got healthy. So, you, you, And Miles Turner, the toe... My God, the big toe, the captain of the foot, he was out for a significant period of time toward the end of the season. And so what did you have, right? And it sounds like excuses, but in the end, you know what? They're valid excuses. If you're playing G League guys instead of your starting five, you know, You're gonna if you go 34 and 38, that's not altogether too bad. I totally get it. But do those five guys project as healthy in 2021, 2022? And Nate Bjorkgren is he the guy? Despite his level of of kind of understanding of the game of basketball from a tactical standpoint, coaching a lot of that's about humanity and dealing with human beings over a long period of time and making it fun for them to play basketball and fostering a feeling of of buy-in among all of them. And Nate Bjorkman, according to Pritchard yesterday, uh, has a ways to go in terms of understanding how to manage human beings. Is he going to be back? I think he's going to be back. I think it's very hard for a manager like Pritchard to turn to Herb Simon and say, look, I screwed up. I hired the wrong guy. We went through the process. I came up with the wrong solution. And so you're going to have to cough up a couple of million dollars in order to pay this guy not to work next year. That's a tough conversation for Kevin Pritchard to have with Nate Bjorkren. So I think that Kevin Pritchard, in the end, is going to do all he can to help Nate Bjorkren become a better coach, which is what Pritchard says Bjorkren's committed to being. I think that that's going to happen next year that they're going to they're going to bring all of this back and they're going to give Bjorklund an opportunity with his full roster to manage these guys through a season and see if he's capable of being the coach that Pritchard thought he was hiring a year ago. I think that that's what's going to happen. Uh number 1, it may be the right thing to do. Number 2, It is certainly the prudent thing to do from a managerial perspective as you deal with an owner who does not like paying people to not work. Herb Simon didn't make a billion dollars or multiple billions of dollars by paying people not to work. Uh, Indiana football got its eighth transfer of this offseason. They get a wide receiver out of Texas A&M, Cameron Buckley. 62 catches, 877 yards, 4 TDs in his three seasons at Texas A&M. Indiana's getting a lot of guys via the transfer wire. Interesting. Maybe they just love the LEO stuff, love each other. Maybe that really vibes with guys, that they want to play in that environment for their last year, or their last couple of years of college football. The transfer portal has been very, very productive for Indiana football. And we'll see what that means coming up. For me, if I'm a high school recruit or if I'm the parent of a high school recruit and and they're bringing transfers in over the top, I wonder how that really fits into this paradigm of family for Indiana football. Purdue, they're going to face North Carolina in the Hall of Fame uh, tip-off tournament at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut. The Boilers and Tar Heels. They'll be facing each other for the first time since 1999. On the other side of the bracket, you got Villanova and Tennessee. Winners play, losers play. It's a two-day deal in uh, November of this coming year. It's going to be fascinating. I think this college basketball season is going to be outrageous, and in large part because of the coaching changes that have uh, been implemented in in the state of Indiana, certainly, and at Indiana University, Indiana State has made a change in coaching. Uh, Greg Lansing, out. You've got IUPUI. They made a change. Matt Crenshaw is going to be the head coach there. Here are the top five coaching changes in order of, uh, I I think, the way that they were executed and the coach that was hired as a result of that coaching change. Number one is Indiana. Archie Miller out, Mike Woodson in. I think this is a huge upgrade for Indiana. Indiana goes back to the family for the first time since Bob Knight was fired in 2000. And I consider Bob Knight Indiana basketball, uh, sort of the father of modern Indiana basketball, despite the fact that he's got an Ohio State degree and came to Indiana from Army. I think that that that's the nexus point when Bob Knight was hired of Indiana basketball being what it is as we know it. Uh, Mike Woodson played for Indiana from 77 through 80, uh, was a first-round draft pick, played in the NBA a long time, and then became an NBA coach. He was terrific with the Atlanta Hawks. He was terrific with the Knicks. He's coming to Indiana without a great kind of uh, understanding of how college basketball works from an inside-the-office perspective, a rules perspective. So what did Indiana do? Indiana hired Thad Mata to be the associate AD for men's basketball. I think that really makes this the best hire of the offseason because you not only added Mike Woodson, you added Thad Mata, who understands all that stuff that Mike Woodson uh, was not privy to during his career. As an NBA coach. And then you also hired Dane Fife, who's one of the best assistant coaches in college basketball. So I would grade that as the number one hire, the number one change of the offseason. You've got Archie Miller's Indiana Hoosiers, who are relentlessly mediocre in terms of results, never went to an NCAA tournament. Mike Woodson, I think, is making changes uh, at Indiana. The second, I think, most impactful. Coaching change in college basketball. Hubert Davis coming to or staying being elevated at UNC. Uh Roy Williams, retired, what a what a great guy Roy Williams is. And and this is what drives me nuts about the Dan Dockett show on 1075 The Fan in Indianapolis. Because when Dan talks to these guys, I mean, I'd love not to like a guy like Roy Williams. Because that's a rival school, a rival program. North Carolina, Indiana beat North Carolina in the 1981 National Championship game. It's a rivalry, right? But Roy Williams, when he's on the Dan Dockett Show, man, he's the most likable dude in the history of, of college basketball. You look at any coach who goes on with Dan, all of a sudden you think, wow, what a great dude. Drives me nuts. Um... But that, a huge, huge hire and a huge opportunity for Hubert Davis, well-earned, left a broadcasting career where he was doing great and went to North Carolina as an assistant. Now he's going to take over, and we'll see how it goes. I think he's going to do uh, exceptionally well at North Carolina. The third most impactful, I think, is Shaka Smart leaving Chris Beard coming in. And it's impactful for this reason, because I think Texas, what they're finding is the problem is institutional. It's not a matter of coaches. A lot of ballyhoo, right? They change football coaches all the time. Basketball coaches, they they have made changes. You, you had Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes did a nice job. He's gone to Tennessee. and done a great job at Tennessee. Replace him with Shaka Smart, who did uh, a wonderful job at VCU. Comes to Texas, just can't get it over the hump. Chris Baird? has done a wonderful job at Texas Tech. He's coming to Texas. He was a good fit, if not a great fit, at Texas Tech. We'll see what he's able to do with the Longhorns, where he's maybe not quite that good a fit. Uh, The next most impactful change, uh, Sean Miller out at Arizona and Tommy Lloyd in. Tommy Lloyd, a 20-year assistant for Mark Few at Gonzaga. Uh, there's been great speculation for a long time about the kind of head coach that Tommy Lloyd's going to be. Uh, turned down a multitude of opportunities to interview for head coaching positions. But this one, he interviewed, he got it. We'll see what kind of head coach he is. And then the final one uh, you talk about fit. Uh, Lon Kruger leaves Oklahoma and he's replaced by Porter Moser from Loyola. I don't like this one. I I think Porter Moser was a really, really good fit at Loyola. He's a Chicago guy. He understood what could make Loyola special. He executed that plan, made Loyola special. And now he's leaving for Oklahoma, where uh, this is not his hometown. His family helped found Naperville, Illinois, for God's sake. That's how deep a Chicagoan is. Porter Mosher is. And going to Norman, Oklahoma, it's going to be a little bit different. And, and I don't like it. I, I don't blame him for taking the job, but I think he could have coached at Loyola forever and been really, really good there and done great things at that university. Instead, he's going to, he's got all the money in the world. I have no idea why he left. So who's going to win the 500? Scott Dixon's going to win the 500 or Colton Herta. Colton Herta is going to win multiple 500s. He has the perfect temperament. To run that race successfully. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? But it's not Carb Day. It's not the day to predict. But you know what? Yes. So Ryan, I, I gave you the answer, all right? Louis Stevens is watching. What is Louis Stevens doing awake at 618 in the morning? What are we doing? What happened? Louis sent me a text yesterday about Indiana football. And I sent a text back, and I said, maybe I'm a little bit too cynical or a little cynical. And he said, I hadn't thought of what you just said. I'm not that cynical. I said, who is this? "Who who is this? Who's got Louie's phone? Give Louie's be- phone back to Louie. <laughs> All right, birthday's being celebrated today. Um, the great Mark Allen celebrating a birthday. Tony Skelzo, happy birthday. Adam Demery, uh, the great David Barrett, attorney to the radio stars, happy birthday Vernon Taylor, Mike Carney, Rob Newcomer, and Yosuke Yashiki celebrating a birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else That is his best done with an honest and specific compliment. Today, we're going to spend some time this afternoon, again, breaking down. Kevin Pritchard talked for a long time. Colts, those guys are talking. Final week of OTAs. Uh, and, and then they're off for eight weeks until training camp. We'll talk about that. We'll talk some college basketball too. I think it's a great time of year, and we might talk a little bit about the Indy 500 coming up if the blackout's listed. Roger Pensky, teared down this black this blackout. It's ridiculous. Local TV blackout. Nobody does that. You know why? They don't work. It's it. It may seem counterintuitive. More people will buy tickets if the event is on television and people see how cool it is. For God's sake, this is, this is Broadcasting 101. It's child's play.